My name is Carlin Borisenko, and you are listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that my book, Actively Unwoke, The Ultimate Guide for Fighting Back Against Woke Insanity in Your Life, is available now in hardcover, in Kindle, and probably my favorite, if I'm honest about it, the audio version. I actually did read the audio version of the book. It is available for download on audible.com. It's about six hours long, so you'll be able to get a full guide for how to fight back with highly practical tips that you can use to combat woke insanity in your life, whether that be in the corporate environment, in schools, in the government, what have you. Every single chapter has highly actionable things that anyone can do in their life to make sure you're contributing to the fight. And we all really need to be doing that, as you will find out in today's episode, because wokeness is winning. It is absolutely winning. And if we can't do, if we as just average people can't step up and do the things required to say, no, we do not want to live in this type of world well, then they're going to win, folks. That's the way it is. That's why I wrote Actively Unwoke, to make sure every single person is empowered with what they need to do to fight back. And you can get your copy, whether that be hardcover, Kindle, or audio, at activelyunwoke.com. Well, today I want to read you an article that I came across from Wesley Yang on uh, Twitter. Wesley is one of the great journalists covering the uh, anti-woke space. He works for the uh, Washington Free Beacon. And by the way, the Washington Free Beacon is an excellent resource. They do really, really good journalism. I am very critical of journalists in this space. Mostly I think that they are just shilling for one tribe or another. I think that they're mostly doing outrage journalism to try to make money off of their users and their readers by keeping them pissed off, which I don't actually think is a responsible thing to do. But the Washington Free Beacon does a really good job. And so make sure you follow uh, Wesley. He does a great job on Twitter of taking a much more nuanced perspective to a lot of these things. But he tweeted out this article just a couple of minutes ago, and it is from Lawrence Krauss. That's, uh, and this is on his Substack. It's L A W R E N C E. K-R-A-U-S-S dot dot com. And it is entitled Association of American Medical Colleges Prescribes a DEI-Based Curriculum, Infusing Themes of Intersectionality, White Supremacy, and Microaggression into Medical Education. When I say the woke are winning, what I mean is that they are in control of every major institution on the planet and that should frighten everyone you know every once in a while we get some victories i think that uh disney's shareholder value plummeting once chris rufo started exposing the grooming that's going on at disney and the backlash that occurred as a result of that that was a big win and that was covered all over the place. And so it might be easy for you to assume that because of that public backlash, that means that we have the woke on their heels and they're running and they're retreating and we're winning. But we aren't. We aren't. I know that's not what people want to hear. But that is the truth. Because the woke are still in control of every major institution in this country. And the article we're going to read today is directly about them corrupting medical education. Just think of this for a second. These are the programs that medical doctors 
have to go through in order to become doctors. That's what we're talking about. They are corrupting all of the training programs. They have corrupted psychiatry. They have corrupted psychology. They have corrupted medicine. They have corrupted teacher education. They have corrupted journalism. They have corrupted everything. Every part of our system. And so while it's nice to get a win every now and again, and we shouldn't dismiss it, we should celebrate those wins. Do not be fooled into thinking that we're winning. Because we are not. They are in control. And this is a reality that we are going to need to come to grips with. All right, let me read this article from Lawrence Krauss. And again, that's lawrencekrauss.substack.com, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-K-R-A-U-S-S.substack.com. And it is called, The Association of American Medical Colleges Prescribes a DEI-Based Curriculum. The Association of American Medical Colleges, AAMC, just released its official Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI, competencies. Designed for curriculum development, the competencies function as DEI educational standards, providing a set of ideal diversity and inclusion skills for three stages of a physician's education. For graduating medical students, the competencies include describing the impact of various systems of oppression on health and health care, e.g. colonialization, white supremacy, uh, acculturation, assimilation. For graduating residents, they include promoting social justice and engaging in efforts to eliminate health disparities. And for faculty physicians, teaching how systems of power, privilege, and oppression inform policies and practices and how to engage with systems to disrupt oppressive practices. All right, I'm departing from the article for a moment here. This should terrify everyone. Listen, I haven't trusted modern medicine in a really long time, mostly because I do think it's generally pretty corrupted. But now that I understand that medical students are being taught about colonization and white supremacy and being taught that it was so when they're talking about reducing disparities, that is an anti-racist approach, which is fundamentally Marxism. That's being infused uh, into medical colleges they're talking about promoting social justice. That is a fundamentally Marxist ideology. That is a far left progressive ideology. This is what is being mandated, mandated for doctors when they are in college, in medical school, and in their residency. Back to the article. Ultimately, these new competencies provide a blueprint for infusing the themes of identity politics, intersectionality, white privilege, microaggression, allyship, into medical education. In March, the National Association of Scholars acquired and published a draft version of the competencies. A number of critics spoke up, noting how the competencies would function as an obvious threat to academic freedom and, more broadly, sound medical education. With the publication of these official competencies, the AAMC appears to be doubling down. The official version includes only cosmetic changes to the draft. In their op-ed introducing the competencies, the president of the AAMC, 
and the chair of the AAMC's Council of Deans emphatically stated their support. We believe this topic deserves as much attention from learners and educators at every stage of their career as the latest scientific breakthroughs. A truly remarkable statement of the priorities from the leaders of America's foremost medical education association. All right, I'm taking a pause again from the article. I just want to point out the statement from the AAMC's Council of Deans said, we believe the topic deserves as much attention from learners and educators at every stage of their careers, which means they're probably not only going to be teaching this in medical school and in their residencies, they're probably going to be integrating these guidelines into continuing education and professional development. So think of your average medical conference where doctors go to learn about research and things like that. They're probably going to be integrating these things into conference presentations, into papers, into professional development things that doctors have to do, into award submissions or whatever it is doctors do to gain cred by being a doctor. They're going to be integrating these into every part of being a physician in America. Not just in their education, but as they literally say, at every stage of their careers. But the other thing I want to point out is that they literally called social justice a scientific breakthrough. There is nothing scientific about social justice. There is nothing scientific about the woke ideology. It's not grounded in anything. They never present research. They never present data. I have watched thousands of hours of woke trainings and classes given almost always by universities. I have watched thousands of hours of videos from these people on official university YouTube channels. Things that they are making the proactive decision to put out into the public to say this represents the brand of our university. Do you know how often they actually present data or evidence in those classes or those trainings? Never. Never. If you don't believe me, go to youtube.com slash activelyunwoke. That is my second YouTube channel, and we do happy hours there every Friday at 5 p.m., where we watch these trainings live from start to finish. I don't cherry pick. I don't take the best clips. We watch them from start to finish. We watch all the boring bits. We watch all the cringe bits. We watch everything. They never present data. This is all publicly available on my YouTube channel. You can go go fact check me. Go see for yourself. Or spend some time on YouTube yourself watching. Go to any college YouTube channel and you're almost, you're almost sure to find this stuff. And actually, most colleges have specific diversity, equity, and inclusion YouTube channels that you can get even more specific with. And go and see for yourself. They do this in the open. They know that they can do it in the open because they know they're winning. Back to the article. This statement of priorities that DEI should be on par with science is all the more noteworthy given the ideologically charged nature of the competencies. Consider just a few. Demonstrates knowledge of the intersectionality of a patient's multiple identities and how each identity may result in varied and multiple forms of oppression or privilege related to clinical decisions and practice. Identifies systems of power, privilege, oppression, and their impacts on health outcomes, e.g. 
white privilege, racism, sexism, heterosexism, ableism, religious suppression. Articulates race as a social construct that is a cause of health and health care inequities, not a risk factor for disease. I'm going to pause before we go back into their list. I just want to point out something. Articulates race as a social construct. These people literally think that race has nothing to do with your skin color. Or it, that's not entirely true. They believe that um, what, they, what they mean by that is that white people, American white people specifically, created the white race in 1619 when the first slaves came over from Africa and were introduced to America and white people in America created the white race because before that, in other, when they were Europeans, they would be known as French or English or Irish or German. They wouldn't be called white when they were in Europe. They only became white when they came to America and they only called themselves white to differentiate themselves from black people so that white people could maintain power structures for other white people. That's what they mean when they say race is a social construct. They believe that white people created, I'm using quotes right now, created the white race in order to build up systems that only support other white people and always to keep black and brown people down. Now the problem with this is that the first slaves came to America in Florida years and years and years and years and years before 1619. The 1619 project is a complete and total sham. It's not even accurate history to begin with. But that's what they mean when they say articulates race as a social construct. That's a fundamentally Marxist idea now integrated into medical education. Continuing on with their list, they would like students to practice moral courage, self-advocacy, allyship, and being an active bystander or upstander to address injustices. They would like role models in anti-racism in medicine and teaching, including strategies grounded in critical understanding of unjust systems of oppression. That one's a requirement for faculty, by the way. They want faculty, again, this is Carlin deviating from the article, they want faculty to be role models in anti-racism in medicine and teaching. They are literally saying that they want medical education faculty to discriminate against people based on the color of their skin. Because one of the fundamental ground rules for being a good anti-racist and this comes from Ibram X. Kendi, the author of How to Be, Be an Anti-Racist Himself. What he said is that we discriminate in the present to make up for past discrimination. And we plan to discriminate in the future to make up for present discrimination. Anti-racism is racist. It's an Orwellian term for racism. They just called it the opposite of that to make it seem like you're only the good guy if you're engaging in it. The last one they have on the list here, and this is also for faculty. Role models for how knowledge of intersectionality informs clinical decision-making and practice. The article continues. Concepts such as intersectionality and allyship connote substantive political positions. To declare that faculty and students must embrace them clearly violates academic freedom. But perhaps more significantly, these concepts are often interpreted idiosyncratically to enforce a narrow and damaging orthodoxy. At med medical schools that adopt the competencies, it will undoubtedly 
become harder for students and faculty to voice support for meritocracy or skepticism towards gender-affirming care for minors. Such views, after all, are commonly labeled oppressive. This is probably, this is Carlin deviating from the article again, this is probably one of the worst parts of this entire thing is that when these concepts are integrated into an academic environment, and this is true whether it's a medical school, a undergraduate college, a high school, a middle school, or even an elementary school, and yes, these concepts are integrated into elementary school classrooms, one of the worst parts is that you're not allowed to disagree with it. You're not allowed to question it. If you do question it, they actually have training programs that teach teachers, again, at all levels, how to overcome the objections that people might have. And if the student doesn't at some point bend the knee and go along with what the professor wants, then they're going to suffer academically. You will get poor grades for not complying with what they want you to say. You could even get kicked out of the class entirely for not complying with what they want you to say. You are not allowed to question any of this. And this is what is being integrated into colleges of medicine. Returning to the article. In practice, the competencies are likely to elicit a wave of highly dubious medical criteria to say nothing of medical research. The report lists a series of examples of how to integrate the competencies into medical education, drawing from existing medical curriculum. One notable example comes from the Center for Anti-Racism in Practice at Mount Sinai's School of Medicine. The report provides minimal details on the exact content of the center's workshops. That's not uncommon. But the school itself offers a few hints. Last year at this School of Medicine, they created a professional development program to train administrators at other medical schools on how to implement their own anti-racism initiative. The program frequently invokes the so-called characteristics of white supremacy, the bizarre notion that attributes such as objectivity, individualism, and a sense of urgency constitute a white supremacy culture. Anytime, and this is Carlin again, deviating from the article. It's harder to do when this is an audio version. I can't just like look at the camera like I do on my videos and say I'm deviating from the article. So hopefully I'll be able to get the voice to, to cue you guys in at some point. Anyhow, anytime they say characteristics of white supremacy, there is actually a document called The Characteristics of a White Supremacist Organization. You can Google it and find it. It's a PDF. I think it was created around 2007-ish. So it's been around a while. And basically, I've actually done an analysis of this document, comparing it to different work styles. It originally started as something that was used in corporate training environments because... You know, that's a place that is very rife for this sort of nonsense. And uh, basically what they're doing is they take all of the most negative attributes of someone's work style and they basically say that these attributes, the most negative things that people don't like, they're characteristics of white supremacy. But almost all the problems that this document identifies can actually be cleared up very simply by doing interpersonal communications training. 
they're not actual problems. It's just a, a matter of communication style and learning how to adapt your communication style to other people, learning how other people communicate. That's usually what's causing these problems. But no, these corporate trainers decided to grift on the entire corporate training industry and create a document called the Characteristics of a White Supremacist Organization that is still used still used obviously literally being used in colleges of medicine not grounded in science at all even though they're calling it a scientific breakthrough the article continues unfortunately medical schools and residency programs are primed to incorporate these competencies into their curriculum after all medical accreditation bodies such as the liaison committee on medical education and the accreditation council for graduate medical education now solicit increasingly robust DEI programming, a phenomenon that the AAMC notes in its report on the competencies. Some medical schools, including Columbia University, Indiana University, have already expressed their interest in adopting the de facto standards. The University of Texas at Austin Dell School of Medicine recently adopted a set of health equity health equity competencies for its undergraduates that bears a striking resemblance to the AAMC. The AAMC's DEI competencies will hamper free expression, politicize medical education, encourage physicians to engage in misbegotten activism, and in the longer run, lead to substantially harmful policies we should hope that students and faculty alike speak up and reject them. And the article is signed John D. Saylor, who I think was the original author. I think that this was republished on Lawrence Krauss's Substack, which is great that he's spreading the word on that. But I just wanted to make sure that you all were aware that uh, this nonsense is being integrated into medical schools. And this is just one example of how the woke are winning. And we need to start taking this fight seriously. And... Everyday people have got to start fighting back in the way in which they are best able to do so. That's why I wrote my book, Actively Unwoke, the ultimate guide for fighting back against the woke insanity in your life. It's why I spend all day every day talking about these topics. Because if we don't do something, then we are going to lose. And if you don't do something, and there are things that every single person can do, Regardless of whether or not you want to remain anonymous, regardless of how much time you have, regardless of what type of job you have, there are things every single person can do to fight back. There are no excuses. You've got to stop making excuses. Every day you don't do something. You are allowing these people to win. That's all I've got for right now, guys. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, again, you can head over to activelyunwoke.com and there'll be links to Amazon and to, if you don't want to buy on, on Amazon, that's fine too. But please do something. Please do something to help fight back. We desperately need people who are willing to step up. All right, I'll see you guys next time.